It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros play game two of a three-game series against the Texas Rangers. The Astros took the series opener 4-1 to one from the Rangers yesterday. Jose Urquidy, an outstanding performance, giving up a run and striking out seven over seven innings. Martin Maldonado, a homer and a double, as the Astros have won two of their last three games. Astros 24-24 and 24 on the year, second in the AL West, five and a half games behind the A's and two games ahead of Seattle for a playoff spot. The Rangers last in the West, 12 and a half games behind Oakland with a record of 17-31. and 31. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, welcome back Lance McCullers Jr. as he is activated off the injury list today. Missed uh, a week and a half with that neck nerve irritation and uh, hopefully all is good to go with McCullers tonight. That's the thing. You're just hoping he's healthy. It returns to someone uh, or somewhat of what you kind of expect from Lance McCullers Jr. the last few years and that's uh, a pitcher that can go out there and show you some of the best stuff in all of baseball, especially with the curveball. We haven't seen the big swing and miss curveball so far this season, and hopefully with a little uh, that uh, neck nerve irritation knocked out with some cortisone that uh, we'll be able to see that. Kyle Gibson on the mound for the Rangers, and they brought him in on a three-year deal this year, hoping he would stabilize the rotation. It has not gone well for Gibson, a 6.14 ERA in nine starts. Yeah, and the Texas Rangers, actually, Robert, have lost eight of his nine starts so far this year, so it hasn't worked out for him. Uh, the problem has been mostly when he's out of the stretch, people on base, and he's given up a lot of homers, uh, and almost all of those homers are with men on base. So that's been the problem so far for Kyle Gibson. So if you're an Astro hitter, somebody's on base, dig in. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, we've seen some some really good things pitching-wise from the Astros in, in last night's ball game. Yeah. Uh, the big number that stands out to me, the zero walks. They also didn't walk anyone uh, in their game Sunday against the Dodgers, and they only walked one in their game Saturday against L.A., which they won. So uh, that's been a big issue for this Astros pitching staff, particularly the bullpen late are the walks. Hopefully they can start to eliminate those. Yeah, think, so. think about where it starts. It starts with the starting pitcher, and if the starting pitcher is throwing strikes, he's going to get deeper into the ball game. Then you're going to see the better relievers. Let's yeah. just face it. Right now uh, you can divide the bullpen in half and say, these guys throw strikes and these guys don't. Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of inexperience down there. So it's up to the starters to throw strikes and get deeper into this ball game, and things line up really well that way. 
Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker, and a little later we'll hear from former Astros player and current Astros television broadcaster Jeff Blum. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Full count, one out in the inning, and the bases are loaded. Here comes the 3-2 to Bregman. And he hits this one into shallow left field down the line. That's a long run for the left fielder Solak, and he's not going to get there. Springer or score, and Altuve on his heels, he'll score. And it's a two-run single for Alex Bregman. The Astros lead 3-1. to one. Pitch on the way. Swing and a miss. Got him on a slider down and in. Gallo strikes out, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros take the first game of their homestand. Defeating the Texas Rangers tonight by a final of 4-1. to one. Astros have won 13 of their last 15 games at Minute Maid Park. A nice win over the Rangers yesterday, Dusty. And, I mean, can't say enough about Jose Urquidy. You know, dealt with COVID-19 and was in pretty bad shape there for a while. Wasn't cleared for baseball activities until opening day and only making his third start yesterday um, against the Rangers, but uh, a run, seven innings, no walks, seven strikeouts. I mean, he's been, it seems like he's gotten better each time he's gone out there. Well, he has. I mean, so that's a testament on how he's worked, um, you know, when he was down at the alternative site. And, uh, I mean, he's a very determined, calm young man. And he pitches well above his, uh, you know, above his age. And uh, reminds me of, you know, some of the pitchers out of Mexico that I played with. You know, they, they, they usually pitch well beyond their age, uh, namely Fernando Valenzuela, you know, is, you know, comes to mind, number one, and uh, Vicente Huevo Romo, who I played with in Mexico. And uh, that was the toughest league that I'd ever uh, played in, uh, simply because, you know, of, of the control that they demonstrated and the fact they can throw their breaking ball almost at any time. And so, you know, we, uh, we were thinking about, you know, stretching him out a little longer. I'm, I'm glad that he got the win. We scored those runs when we did. And uh, when the game started, you know, it was uh, in the second inning, we could have kind of blown that game open then. And then we had a, uh, two or three chances, I think, with runners on second and third and couldn't get that two-out RBI hit. And then they end up having one chance and getting a two-out RBI hit to tie the game up. So, uh, you know, we're very pleased on how he's throwing. Uh, you know, he's in good shape. Uh, he shows very little emotion, and uh, the fact that you know no walks, you know that I mean that 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 should be the mantra for for everybody. You know, if you don't walk them, you got a chance to get them out. Uh, but if you walk them, you have no chance to get them out. But everybody doesn't have the control that that Kitty does, and uh, I'm I'm glad we have him back. Also, uh, Carlos Correa came out of the game last night in the sixth inning, fouled the ball. Uh, off his left ankle, wound up being a bro bone bruise, and I mean, wasn't putting any weight on it. Had to be helped off the field. Uh, Correa in the lineup today. Uh, yep. So I mean, obviously, that's extremely encouraging that that Carlos has been able to, to bounce back, bounce back the way that he has from what looked like something that could be really serious last night. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, when I went out in the field, you know, with Jeremiah, the trainer, to to look at him, he was he was like, uh, you know, 
not crying, but he was he was saying, oh, not again, not again, because he said it, it felt the same way that when he broke his ankle the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that was his other ankle. And then after the game, we all rushed in to, to see him. And uh, they said he was walking and, and walking around and, and in good spirits and x-rays were negative. And so and then he came in my office first thing uh, this afternoon to let me know that he was he was uh, ready and willing and able to play, and that was a uh, you know great great news to my ears. Big news today, also Justin Verlander earlier today through a sim game uh, mm-hmm. at Minute Maid Park uh, as he continues to work his way back. And uh, seventy five pitches total, I know, but about fifty of them or so were in the the bullpen, but also got to face some hitters. Were you pretty encouraged by what you saw today? Oh uh, yeah, I mean you know like, you know he was a bit rusty, but he was he he was throwing strikes. And, uh, you know, his mechanics are so sound that, you know, he's going to throw strikes. And, uh, you know, he looked good. I mean, um, uh, he threw 75, like you said, overall. But uh, he, he, he did his normal warm-up, uh, like, you know, as if he was going to pitch. And uh, he threw 45 or 50 pitches in the bullpen warming up. Then he threw another 24 uh, pitches, uh, you know, on the mound. So uh, we'll just have to see how he feels, you know, tomorrow. Uh, and the next day, and it's a little bit too early to assess, you know, uh, um, you know his outcome. But he did look pretty good. George Springer with a, a leadoff home run yesterday, and I mean it's pretty amazing to see what he's done as a leadoff hitter the last few years. He's now eighth all time in wow. leadoff home runs. And you know, during the broadcast, uh, Steve and I last night we were talking about a guy who I know you're pretty familiar with, uh, played against, and also is on your coaching staff in San Francisco, Bobby Bonds who was mm-hmm. an outstanding leadoff hitter and a guy who I think if he played now would be a lot more appreciated than he was uh, at, at his, during, you know, during his time. But I mean, I feel like Bobby Bonds is one of the first kind of leadoff guys who is really a threat to hit the ball out of the ballpark uh, to, to start a ball game. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah. I mean, he was one of them. I mean, I mean, Bobby was a combination of speed and power and I'm partial to Bobby because he was my childhood hero playing on my dad's little league team in, in, in Riverside. But when you look back, you know, it's, you know, some of the leadoff hitters that were similar, you know, to George or like, you know, Tommy Ag, you know, mm-hmm. who played here with the with the Astros and the Mets. Uh, you look at, you know, Felipe Alou, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the larger, strong type leadoff hitter, and you look at Ricky Henderson. Right. You know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, Ricky was, uh, you know, Ricky Henderson and Lou Brock. I mean, those were, I mean, the guys that you look at. Uh, uh, the epitome of speed and power. Who's number one? Is Ricky number one? Lead off home runs all the time? Yes, Ricky is number one. Well, well Ricky's number one in a whole bunch of departments. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why he's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. But I've, I, I had been hearing about George leading off, and I'd seen him on TV. And up until, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, he didn't have any. Right. And now, that, now I think he has three, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, he started swinging the bat well. I mean, he started swinging the bat very well. He's, his average is up around 250 now, which is a long ways because uh, he was on the interstate for a long time there. You know, I-95 or 98 or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. uh, it's good to see George in good spirits and, and good to see George swinging. And, uh, I mean, you know, just a matter of time, you know, for George Springer was going to explode and there's a whole lot left, uh, you know, in his tank and a whole lot more coming. All right, Dusty Baker, Astros manager, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. All right, Robert, thank you. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, 
crafted for serious fun. And hey, welcome back to Astro Launch, everybody. This is Steve Sparks, and I'm with our buddy Jeff Blum, Jeff, the uh, TV analyst for the Astros uh, games. Blummer, so the team comes back home. They look like a, a completely different team uh, compared to the road. This it was a rough road trip. Do you make anything of it, or is it too small of a sample? I don't know. I want to say it's too small of a sample size, but that's really all we've got to work with this season is trying to figure out ifs and whys and whens and hows and things like that. But there definitely needs, there seems to be something here at uh, Minute Maid Park, and I'm not sure if it's because of the way the schedule is set up, playing two extra home games on the road, you know, kind of messes with uh, their home numbers. And it's really hard for us to explain because in the last four or five years, they have been one of the best road teams on right. the planet in a big way and to have such a discrepancy on the road kind of concerns you a little bit because, you know, even though there's no real home field advantage other than being able to hit last, um, they're going to have to play some games on the road in the playoffs if they get there. What about the fact that they have to sit around in a hotel room? They can't leave the hotel room basically all day and they, and they get on a bus and go to the park. You think that has anything uh, to do with yeah. kind of coming out flat maybe? Well, and I think some of the things that we're hearing from players now that we're getting into that playoff scenario, what if you have to play on the road? What if you have to play at a, a home game that's not actually at home? And what I've heard is that, you know, actually at home, the process is sped up a little bit because they can't come to the ballpark as early as they want. A lot of these guys like getting here for a seven o'clock game around noon, one o'clock. Yeah. And I think they're, they're being pushed back to two, three o'clock. So it kind of speeds up the routine and uh, that doesn't seem to hurt the Astros at all, but, they seem to be a team that needs to be at the ballpark as early as possible, and maybe that's not happening on the road. All right, Lance McCullers comes back today, and it was just a couple of weeks ago when we saw Lance kind of uh, get hurt. We, we weren't really sure to what extent it was for Lance, but he gets back out there. And you talk about home road splits. Lance is the epitome uh, of pitching well at home. Uh, what do you make of, of how important this start is tonight? I think it's huge in so many different ways, but I also think that it's great that he is doing it at home because if we talk about somebody who needs to try and gain some confidence going down this, uh, the last couple of starts of the season, getting into hopefully the playoffs where he wants to be a part of that rotation or be effective out of the bullpen, however Dusty wants to use him, this start is massive for him because not only is it going to let him know that he is healthy, that he's able to go out there and pitch, but it's also to – reassure him that he does have this stuff to get big league hitters out in some clutch situations yeah and you know the road splits have been incredibly bad for him he's been incredibly good at home but at the same time you know and you could probably speak to this a little bit more because the one thing that jumps out for me with Lance McCullers is even as good as the fastball has been with that two seam run the changeup has looked better the curveball has looked okay he's not creating the swing and miss and I wonder if that's kind of in his head a little bit I think it has to be. You know, he, he could flip that curveball in any time. And when it was in the zone, he was getting swing and misses. And I thought that's yeah. what separated him and, say, a Charlie Morton more than anything else is you could throw that curveball for strikes and get swing and miss. Now, I think for Lance, it's got to be below the zone to get the swing and miss on that yeah. curveball because it's not as sharp right now. No, I completely agree. And I think that hitters are realizing that, too, that when it's in the zone, it is hittable, and they're proving it, too, because they're putting good swings on it. And I don't know if it's coming back, coming back from Tommy John or what the situation is, but that, like you just said, that curveball inside the zone yeah. is, has been the problem. I, th I think it has to do with just hand speed and maybe where his release point is right now. So I think it's fixable. But right now, I yeah, think I there's, yeah. maybe he's a little timid with it right now, so that slows 
everything down to, I want to talk to about uh, Urquidy and Framber Valdez. Because when you're, you're looking at a postseason situation right now, I feel pretty good about – I mean, I know they're young and inexperienced, but I feel really good about Arquiti and Framber Valdez matching up about, against just about anybody. It's funny you say that because we talked about it in our broadcast last night, and it was – I don't know if it was a Freudian slip where you kind of get into a situation where you're having a good conversation like you and Robert do. But TK and I started to have a really good conversation talking about, oh, what if they get in the playoffs? How is it going to set up in a three-game series? How is it going to set up in a five-game series? Mm -hmm. And I literally said – you know, it, you know, let's say, you know, is Verlander available? Is he not available? Let's say he's not available. And you got to start game one with Zach Cranky. Makes sense. Yeah. And then I said, Fromber Valdez, Jose Urquidy, because I think those two guys have been the most reliable here down the stretch. And even though we've only seen Urquidy for three starts, he has looked unbelievable and gotten back into the form that we saw last season. Mm -hmm. And then you add what he did last season in some uh, down September when they're going for the clinch. And then what he did in the World Series to help the ball club out. I really love the way Arkady attacks the zone. And then Fromber's cleaned up his walk numbers, and he looks yeah. reliable right now. One thing I like about Arkady, about as, as well as anybody, is I think he can execute game plans. And when, when you're oh, trying yeah. to, to attack another team in the playoffs, and you got those extensive reports, Maldonado calls a great game, but Arkady can execute. That is the biggest thing, and I completely agree with you because I said also last night that his pace is uh, unreal, and I think a lot of the reason the pace is good is because he has such a good rapport with Martin Maldonado, mm. and for whatever reason, in a short amount of time, they've created a ton of trust, and I'm sure it goes to that pregame scouting report with Brent Strom, Martin Maldonado, Jose Urquidy, and then they get a feel for what's working in the pen, and then they bring it on the field, but Urquidy absolutely trusts inherently what uh, Maldonado is putting down, and that makes him that much more effective. I agree. Talking with Jeff Blum, just a couple more things, uh, Blummer, is Alex Bregman, as I was watching him yesterday, until he got to two strikes, I thought he was late. Mm -hmm. Then it looked like he simplified things with two strikes and he had that nice little short compact swing. Do you see that or no? Yeah, and you know what? I Actually, when guys are coming back from the injured list, and these are unique situations where they don't have those minor league at-bats to really yeah. work out the issues, they have to do it here at the big league level, which makes it a little bit tougher because of the competition you're facing. But at the same time, I've always felt as a hitter, and a lot of hitters I've talked to, if they were late, it was easier for them to speed up. Now, if a guy is out in front, chasing pitches, getting way out in front, it's tougher to, go it's, that way. It's tougher to slow the game down. So I like where he's at, and you're right about him being able to simplify, and he has such great command of the strike zone mentally anyways, but when he really simplifies, his swing is so easy through the zone, and I agree with you on two strikes. He kind of takes the idea of trying to, to crush the baseball or get big and just worried about making good hard contact with the barrel, and that's when your swing shortens up and simplifies. Kyle Tucker, where do you see him right now? He's struggling a little bit, but it's, you know, being back here at home, uh, I know he has better road numbers, but being back here at home is going to allow him the opportunity to maybe watch some video, see what's going wrong with them. Cause I know before that hit yesterday, he was 0 for 16 and that front side starts to leak a little bit and he tries to do a little too much, but when he's going right and what he's going to see in the video is, is when that, right shoulder and that right hip are connected and staying closed. Mm. It allows him to react a little bit better and see that ball longer. And we saw it when he turned on 96 last night. Yep. All right. That's Jeff Blum. Uh, big game tonight. Lance McCullers Jr. We'll keep our fingers crossed, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Always. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB and your Astros. 
Brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Looking up, see you later! Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. All right, questions for Dusty Baker. Dusty, how did Verlander look to you? Oh, he looked good. You know, he looked real good. First his first time out. You know, he threw a total of 75 pitches, including 50 in the bullpen warming up. He, he was trying to do his normal uh, warm-up in the bullpen, and he went, uh, you know, uh, two innings, uh, 24 pitches. And, uh, you know, his control was good. He looked pretty good. So what are the next steps for him now? Uh, well, the next step, we're just going to have to see how he comes out of this. You know, uh, probably won't know for a couple of days, you know, uh, to see if he has any soreness or, you know, any, you know, discomfort or anything. So we just have to just have to wait uh, probably till day after tomorrow to, you know, to make a, an assessment. Does this give you, Dusty, a better indicator if you'll, you'll get him back to the regular season? Uh, not really. Like I said, we, Mark, we still got to wait to see how he comes out of this. You know what I mean? And, uh, and hopefully he comes out of this uh, uh, well. But, uh, but again, like I said, we keep our fingers crossed and knock on wood that, you know, he comes out of this, you know, feeling pretty good. Can you give us the update on Carlos? Carlos is, is uh, he's fine. He's playing. Uh, last night it looked, it looked terrible. And, uh, you know, he kept saying while, while he's on the ground, you know, uh, you know, hit a nerve and he couldn't feel his ankle. And uh, he was saying, you know, not again, because, you know, he had flashback of, uh, uh, when he broke his ankle before, but it was the other leg. And uh, so he came in this morning. Well, last night I, I went in to look at him and uh, he was in the shower and he said he was walking fine and, uh, you know, x-rays and uh, all the uh, results were negative. And he came in uh, this afternoon. He got here early, like one o'clock, you know, to get treatment. And uh, he said he felt great and then he's ready to play. How amazing is that after what you saw last night and what you heard? Well, you know, I, I didn't really hear it, but I, I saw it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a test. He must have drank a lot of milk when he was a kid because they say milk makes the bones strong, you know what I mean? So uh, I was just uh, just praying that it was uh, nothing that, you know, we wouldn't have a, another key major injury. And, uh, you know, he knocked on the wood, and I, I told him that he has to wear his, his uh, ankle guard tonight. Um, you, you guys get McCullers back tonight, and then there's a shot you get Verlander before the regular season's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, those, that's two of your key arms. How critical is it in these final 12 games that obviously you get Lance going again right. if you have a shot to get Verlander? Because going into the playoffs and potentially a three-game series, right. I mean, that – Right, and don't, forget, and don't forget your Keedy. I mean, it was yeah. big getting him back. I mean, because he's looked, he's looked really, really sharp. And, uh, you know, no walks last night. And uh, so, slowly but surely, I hope, I hope you know, we don't run out of time. You're going to get these guys back and in tip-top uh, shape. And uh, But I'd rather have them back in, at the last minute than I wouldn't, you know, with no time. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's big. I mean, it's big for the confidence of this club. You know, then you can put other guys, you know, in a situation in an area where they can help us, uh, especially in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, that would be uh, that'd be great to get these guys back. Thank you. Dusty, would you consider adding Berlander to the active roster if he doesn't pitch during the regular season? Well, I, I don't know. That's that's kind of speculation. I mean, first, we got to see how he 
you know, before we get our hopes up, we got to see how he responds the next couple of days. With the idea on Verlander as far as his velocity or anything or how, how his stuff actually looked? Well, it looked good. I mean, but that's his first time throwing the hitters. First time in the big league park. I think he'd been working out at a, at a high school or, or uh, uh, but, you know, the, uh, you know, just to be back in the park and on the mound without a screen, you know, uh, um, you know, it was great just having him out there. So, like I said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll assess that uh, in, in a couple of days after we see how he comes out of this. With, with him throwing 50 pitches in the bullpen and then simulating two innings, like if he were to come back in the regular season, like realistically, how stretched out would he be from, from that? I don't know. I mean, you know, he, you know, that's his normal routine to throw 45 to 50 pitches in the, in, in the bullpen prior to coming out, you know? So, uh, you know, any Verlander is better than no Verlander. So, but, but again, you know, we just have to see how he, you know, comes out of this. Dusty, you mentioned earlier today on the, on the radio that you still need to have a heart to heart with him. Um, no, no, that, that, that was their suggestion. You know, they asked me had I had a heart to heart. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's his own man. And he's a big man, and uh, um, you know, he uh, he's pretty um, set in his uh, uh, actions and his intentions. I mean, this guy is a, I mean, this guy's a Hall of Famer. I mean, nobody knows uh, him better than he knows himself. So, like, uh, like again. I hate to keep saying this, but you know we just have to wait, wait to see how how he comes out of this. Do you have any update on Blake Taylor? Uh, yeah, Blake uh, threw a bullpen earlier this morning, and uh, you know he's throwing pretty good. And there's a great chance that Blake, you know, could be back on on Friday. Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. See you later.